Today is May 18th, and this is the 65th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. UFC 262 was no letdown whatsoever on May 15th in Houston, Texas at the Toyota Center. And we have a new champion. We were going to have a new champion regardless, but the new champion in the lightweight division is Charles Oliveira. And boy, was that a roller coaster of a fight. First round, man, went a little crazy, you know. Um, and I, I saw it interesting the first time. I did rewatch the fight. And, uh, you know, Chandler posed some problems for Oliveira, you know. Oliveira got touched. Decided to take Chandler down, which was interesting. Chandler, you know, got the guillotine in. Um, Oliveira was able to get out, you know, was on top for a little, and then took Chandler's back, uh, posing the issue there. Both fighters look great. I mean, you know, posing each other issues. Uh, Oliveira was able to control Chandler on his back for a while. Chandler exploded out, then kind of controlled the rest of the round. Um, had Oliveira hurt, had him close to being stopped you know, it looked closer in the in, when the first time I watched the fight, I rewatched it and I realized that Oliveira, yes, took some shots, but when Chandler was on top, he really didn't do as much damage as it may have looked live. Um, Oliveira's jujitsu is so good, and he was able to really block a lot of the 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 damage on the ground when Oliveira was on his back. And uh, Oliveira impressed me, you know, even when he did get touched, he was hurt. He was. Uh, Chandler definitely touched him. But, um, you know, Oliveira was able to make it to the second round. And, uh, you know, it didn't take much, only, you know, 19 seconds in the second round. A couple, you know, punches exchanged and Oliveira was able to catch Chandler and um, put him away. And, you know, Oliveira came out right out the gate, high guard with his hands, you know, willing to, you know, trade shots, uh, and came right at Chandler, you know, threw some calf kicks, threw some straight kicks, uh, really had the right game plan for Chandler and knew, you know, I have to get into a little bit of a firefight with Chandler. He took that risk and it paid the reward and he won, you know, he did the exact thing he needed to do to win this fight. And the thing about Oliveira is he can get hurt, and his jiu-jitsu his will save him because he can be on the ground and just survive and recover until he needs to get back to his feet. And he is dangerous on the feet. He is so well-rounded all over that, you know, he could take the fight where he needs to depending on his opponent, you know. And he's dangerous all over. And if you're focusing too much on one or the other, I think he can finish you in the other category. So this is a very dangerous champion. I think he matches up relatively well with everyone. I think he just went through his most dangerous opponent. Um, the other may be, you know, Dustin Poirier just because of Poirier's jiu-jitsu background. But, um, you know, I think Oliveira may be able to stay unless, you know, someone gets him out of there. Then, I, like I've been saying, I think the title will move around a little bit. But he really impressed me. And uh, it should be interesting. You know, this really showed a lot for Charles Oliveira. He has had a fantastic run. He continues to to really prove to people that he is legit. You know, people saw his Tony Ferguson fight, knew he controlled him, but there was questions about Tony. And we'll get to Tony. And, and you know, Tony just had a similar thing happen to him in this, you know, in his fight at 262 as well. So, you know, is Daryush going to be Oliveira? You know, I don't think so. But... 
there, so there was that question about Oliveira because, you know, of Tony's, you know, decline. But I think there's no doubt right now that Oliveira is the best, you know, you have to call him the best lightweight. Uh, I could argue that Poirier or McGregor may be able to beat him. That'll be a time for, you know, a discussion for another time. And we certainly aren't at 264 yet uh, with that pay-per-view with Poirier or McGregor. And that's a little bit of a ways to go. But, you know, we got some interesting things. And now Oliveira is at the top. He's going to wait. And uh, whoever they bring him next, you know, I'd say he may be able to defend by the end of the year, depending on how this plays out. You know, we're going to have to see who wins what and who's next. So I'd say, yeah, he fights at the end of the year, beginning of next year, depending on how everything works out. Because we got a little bit of a mess in this lightweight division. So you ask what's next for Chandler, you know? Just lost. Only has had two fights, you know, in the UFC. Still ranked number four in the lightweight division. And I'd say, you know, I'd say Gaethje. Really, I do. You know, I think it's a good comeback fight for Gaethje. They're both coming off losses. Both you know, title fights, I think that's the fight to make. Really, it is. Um, It makes sense because it could be a number one contenders fight. You know, let's say Poirier McGregor should be for the belt next, right? I really do think so. I think whichever guy wins will be fighting Oliveira at some point in time. Now, whoever loses, that's hard to say who they'll fight next because of depending on who loses. I, I can't really see McGregor fighting specific people um, well, no, I do see him fighting specific people if he loses. I don't see him fighting Chandler or a Gaethje if he loses. I could see Poirier doing that, but not, not not McGregor. If McGregor wins, I certainly see him fighting for the belt. You know, maybe not right away, but I could definitely see it. And and uh, same with Poirier. So it could obviously depend, you know, who loses that fight. But I certainly think right now you have an open guy in Justin Gaethje. Pair him up with Michael Chandler. I know Chandler wants to take off some time. Fine. You know, I'm sure Gaethje will wait. Gaethje's been waiting. I'm sure Gaethje doesn't mind some time off. You know, he's had some time off. I'm sure he, you know, he's probably improving, working on stuff. Rest isn't horrible. He'll come back super fresh. And it'll be a great fight. Should be a co-main event. Now, if Gaethje, for some reason, doesn't want that fight, or doesn't like the time, or let's say Poirier loses, and they maybe make Poirier Gaethje. Chandler, you know, wanted more rest. Gaethje wanted to fight. Poirier got knocked out early. Maybe, you know, wants to come back early. They make, you know, Poirier Gaethje. All right, well, Chandler's looking for an opponent now. How about the guy who just won in the co-main event, Benil Daryush? They have Benil Daryush in the lightweight rankings moved up to number three. I knew they were going to move him up above Tony Ferguson. I did not know that they were going to move him up over Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor. It's a little crazy that they moved this guy this high, but that means one thing. They're going to give him a contender fight. They're going to give him a big fight next. I think his next fight will be against a guy in the top five whenever that takes time, you know, whenever that takes place. He says he wants some time off. He's going to have a kid, I believe, next month. The timeline could work out that Chandler's ready to fight, he's ready to fight, and that could make sense. It's a top contender fight. Chandler's looking for a comeback fight. 
that could work. That could work. So, you know, my top two for Chandler has got to be Gaethje and Daryush, and maybe Poirier if Poirier loses. That's if Poirier loses. I'd say McGregor, but McGregor's not fighting Michael Chandler if he loses. He's just not. I know that for a fact. And then you go, all right, well, it is what it is, right? I mean, McGregor's going to fight who he's going to fight, and that's that. Overall, back on to the fight. It was a great fight. Really entertaining, roller coaster. You know, that's what you really look for in a fight. You know, a lot, some people might say, oh, it was short. But yeah, but that, how exciting was that first round? That round was one of the most exciting fights up and down, back and forth that you've seen in a little bit of time, especially in a title fight. Yes, maybe it's been back and forth with rounds, but not within a round, you know. That was amazing to see. High-level stuff. High-level stuff. And it's exciting because now we're in the next chapter of the lightweight division. The next chapter in the book. Uh, and, you know, we have Oliver as the champion. We have a new guy in the mix and Michael Chandler. He's going to continue fighting. I know he's looking to get back at that belt. And it's exciting stuff from here. Now, the co-main event in the lightweight division. Tony Ferguson versus Benil Daryushin. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a Tony fan, and I said this last time. I'm a Tony fan, and I really feel bad for Tony in this situation because I thought he, I didn't think he was done, you know, and and I think he got a credit for Neil Daryush. I think he really brought it to him. I do think Tony has lost a step, whether he acknowledges it or not, or realizes it or not. He has lost a little bit. Do I think he's washed? Definitely not. This guy could go in there and beat a good lightweight. He certainly could go in there and, and, and mess up a light, you know, a good lightweight. It's just that I think Benil Daryush is, you know, getting to the point where he's in his prime and Tony's a little past it, you know. Benil's a little younger. He's try, he's hungry. He's looking to get, you know, up in the rankings. He just is he just earned it, you know. And uh what Benil Daryush he's entering his best, you know. And Tony, like I said, he, he's a little past it. Now Tony's the toughest guy in on the UFC roster. He's got to be. I mean, the guy does not tap. He keeps moving forward. And the thing about Tony is, you know, you might have kicked his ass this round, but he gets up before you when the round's over. You know, he he's he's tough. He keeps moving. He does not stop. He does not quit. And you know, I respect him so much for that, and I admire him for that. Um, I really hope he could get back on track with a few wins. You know, I think he's not going to get back to that top five, top three title contention. I don't think he'll ever get there again. You know, I think that's gone, unfortunately. Three losses. But I really hope he could turn it around big time. And, you know, you look, you ask who's next for him, right? Well, first off, when he got locked in that heel hook, Something bad happened in his knee, and that happened early in the fight, and then he fought the rest of the fight with it. So, you know, just think about that, right? He could have fought maybe with no ACL. I haven't heard an update about what what popped in his knee, but Daryush said when he had him in the heel hook, he popped something, and Tony just didn't really do much and then got out of it, which is just insane, you know? Tony decided not to tap. Tony's tough. Tony's the toughest guy on the UFC, if not top three, top two. He's so tough. But yeah, ask who's next for him, right? 
He's fought Rafael Dos Anjos. I doubt they remake that fight. Doesn't make much sense. You know, Tony's six, Rafael's seven. Why make that fight? You know, maybe I'd pair him up with someone who's just lost. You know, guys who are both looking for a win. If you're the UFC, right? You want to, Tony's been good to you. Tony's a fan favorite. Pair him up with another fan favorite. Get a big fight going. Add him on a nice card. He's going to need time. I know that for sure. The guys I look at for Tony, and and they're horrible fights, if I'm being honest with Two of them are horrible fights, but Dan Hooker, you know, not a great fight, but an exciting fight. I mean, I'd probably pick Hooker, unfortunately, to beat Tony at this stage. You know, Hooker's hungry. He's looking to get back up, and uh, he's good. You know, it's a tough one. Paul Felder, you know, but I'm looking at guys who are either coming off of losses or low down in the rankings. Paul Felder's going to need a little time, so that timeline could work, coming off of a loss. I could see that fight happening, you know? Paul Felder's looking to make a run. If he, I think he's going to try and make one last run, and if he can't get the title or get up to the title fight, I think he'll retire. Tony might be a guy to do it, you know? I think that for Daryush, that might be a, you know a good fight for Felder to try and get up there, you know? He can make that fight. He can make that run in two fights. If he beats uh, Daryush and then another guy, he could be up there. Let's not get ahead of myself, but you see what I'm saying. But back to Tony. Those two fights I'd like to see, but uh, it's bad for Tony and, and, you know, just probably won't happen. So then you're like, all right, how about 10, you know, rank 10 or below, right? You're not going to give Tony an unranked fighter, but, you know, someone in the 10 through 15, right? Maybe Gregor Gillespie came off of a nice win. Could see that. Be an interesting matchup. Probably favors Tony. Maybe Diego Ferreira. Interesting matchup. Be, you know. Now, Gregor's going to go in there and try and wrestle Tony to death, which would be interesting because Tony's just gotten out-grappled in his last two fights. So that would be interesting, you know. Is he good enough in the jiu-jitsu to submit Gillespie, you know, this and that? Gillespie just dominated Diego Ferreira on the ground. How would it go? How would Diego Ferreira fight Tony Ferguson? You know, I I think those fights are, are good for Tony. And then maybe you go all the way to the bottom of the pot with Drew Dober. You know, a guy who you know is going to go in there and strike with you and see how it goes. So we'll see what's next for Tony. I hope he recovers. I hope he can make a you know couple comeback wins and you know finish his career a little bit of on a high note. But you go to the winner in Daryush. You know, great performance. Took the fight to the ground in all three rounds. Controlled Tony for most of the fight. Looked good on the feet, even though it wasn't there for that long. He looked good. And like I said, you know, he could be fighting Chandler next if the timelines work and no one else is fighting Chandler. You look at who else, you know, maybe a Rafael Dos Santos who's ranked number seven could work out. You know, he might not be able to fight anyone in the top five when he's ready to fight. And I'm talking about Benil. Dos Santos might work. Maybe Hooker. Maybe Felder. Those fights make sense. They're big names. Would be big wins. 
But if you're going to push Daryush up to number three, I think they're thinking, all right, we're going to give him a title contender fight next. I see that's what's going to happen. So for me, it would make most sense with Chandler, but we got to see what's going to be next because you can't really necessarily have Daryush fight Dos Santos, Hooker, or Felder and he gets a win and give him a title shot. But what's the sense of putting him at number three if you're going to make him fight one of those guys and then make him fight another fight? You know, it's not like he's he's ranked number three coming off of a loss and he's got to defend his spot. He just earned it. And I bring this to you guys because you got to think. They pushed him up there for a reason. You know, I'd say, yeah, have Benil fight Justin Gaethje. But they both have the same manager and I don't think they want to fight each other. I think they're friends. So that's tough. The only time I think they would fight each other is if they were bo- if one of them was the champion. So this is a tough spot, you know. I don't think that their manager or themselves would want to have a contender's fight with each other, but who knows? Maybe it would happen. Maybe, you know, they're both like, "Look, we got to do what we got to do." But we will see. You know, this lightweight division never fails to be exciting. And we got a lot more to come. Certainly, we got a lot more to come. Now, I'm going to run through the rest of the card real fast because it was entertaining. In the bantamweight division, Rogero Bontorn defeated Matt Schnell. I was on the side of Schnell here. Um, I do believe Bontorn deserved the win. He looked like the better fighter. He was getting the best of Schnell and picked up the unanimous decision win. Kalen Chukakian won a close, close uh Decision win over Vivian Arujo. You know, I really thought Arujo won the first round, certainly. Um, So one of the judges had it 30-27. I don't see how that happened. The second round was close. Um, Vivian won the first half of the fight, uh, or the first half of the second round. Chukakian turned it on the second half. So I could see why you would go either way. And Chukakian certainly had the last round. So I could see how the fight went Chukakian's way on some judges' scorecards, but I can't see how no one gave the fight to Viviana Rujo. Not one of the three judges scored her to win. And uh, one of the judges gave all three rounds to Catlin uh, Chukakian. So I I think that was a little uh, ridiculous, but it is what it is. I'm not a professional judge, even though it probably would be fun to be. But whatever, that's not here or there, but... Anyway, the first fight on the main card was a absolute banger in the featherweight division. And you got to say, Edson Barboza at featherweight looks so good. And he fought a tough, tough guy in Shane Burgos. I think both fighter stocks here go up, certainly. Shane Burgos looked good, had Barboza hurt. Barboza had him hurt. They both came at each other striking. Um, It was beautiful. Edson did get the finish by TKO in round three. Just a beautiful, beautiful fight. And um, you got to say, you know, Barbosa now is ranked number nine. He should only be fighting guys in front of him from here. You know, he's on a little bit of a streak. He did have a close fight with Dan Ige not so long ago. I believe that was his first fight at featherweight. It didn't go his way, even though a lot of people thought he won the fight. Um, But I'm going to say, you know, give Barbosa a top five guy next. Give him a top five guy next. Shane Burgos is very good. I know Shane Burgos just moved down four spots, but Burgos is very good. I don't know how good his chin is going to be anymore after that delayed knockout. He could be dealing with some issues there, but he's certainly still good. Give him a guy in the, you know, a little bit of above him. His his stock should go up. Um, 
maybe even a Bryce Mitchell who's in front of him or a Giga Chikatse, even though I know Giga Chikatse is going to want to, you know, go up or UD, you know, uh, Sadiq, Yusef, one of these guys for, for Burgos. But for Edson Barboza, maybe Calvin Cater, you know? Um, I know Dan Ige is going to fight the Korean Zombie. So I don't know what's next for uh, Barboza. Maybe uh, Yari Rodriguez. We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I, I like Barboza in this division. And once the ultimate fighter gets done with Max Holloway and Brian Ortega and they fight, uh, I believe the champion is going to have a lot of contenders to come up. So we'll see, you know, there's going to be uh, multiple contenders and, uh, this division is turning out to be a very, very exciting division. It always has been, but, uh, some names are emerging to be pretty big and, um, Prelims, you know, we had some exciting fights. Jakar Souza lost to Andre Muniz, uh, broke his arm in the submission. Uh, Rondo Venata picked up a nice split decision win, even though I des- thought he deserved the unanimous decision win over Mike Grundy. Jordan Wright picked up a nice KO win over Jamie Pickett. Andre Lee had a nice submission win over Antonina Shevchenko. And, uh, I missed the early prelims, if I'm not going to lie. So I didn't see, I wasn't able to see those fights. But overall, such an exciting pay-per-view. Big stuff. A lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, never fails to be a UFC or MMA fan. My main event picks, I'm 8-8, unfortunately. Picking Chandler last week failed for me. But I'm still 500, so I'll take it. Unlike my title bout picks, I'm a little bit below 500. I'm 4-5. and five. So... We'll try and turn it around next week. I've been going on this Tuesday-Thursday thing. Tuesday recap, Thursday preview. I like it. Um, I'm going to try and stick with it for as long as I'm going, for the most part, until I get things to change seriously. So you guys can expect episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays recap, Thursdays preview. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. That was episode 65. It's May 18th. Summer's approaching us, guys. we got a lot, a lot of events coming up. I'm excited. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you guys soon.